Guys, Ryan Bidoff here, Blogging from Paradise. Stop by bloggingfromparadise.com to buy blogging courses, ebooks, <clears throat> whoa, audiobooks, and paperbacks. Let's dive right into part two of my almost dying in India, nearly dying in India episode. So, as a little refresher, we left off when I was laying on the floor, totally leveled, feeling as weak as can be, nauseous, depleted. I know that it couldn't have been a few more days before something was going to seize body-wise because I had, for all intents and purposes, flushed my being of critical electrolytes, sodium, potassium, between this amount of heavy sweating that I did and by not eating in over a week, by close to 10 days, and by taking in after the first few days of like half a cup here and there, sips of water, just because my stomach had been so distended. Now let's get, let's just rewind here for a second. I take full ownership and responsibility of not going to the hospital sooner. Totally my fault. Totally my deal. Of course. It was foolish. Guess what? We're all human beings and we're idiots. Let's be honest, right? I mean, when you're thinking about it, we make foolish mistakes from time to time. Things that just make zero sense. So I own that. I was a dunce. You've been a dunce. We've all been morons. So just know this going forward. And I love you guys, but just had to lay it out. So we're sitting there. Kelly and the dude we rented from admitting me. I'm just lying on the floor with my eyes closed. Everybody's staring at me. I do remember that I was really a low level of self-consciousness in that moment because I felt like I was dying and I was so depleted. So you really don't care, but you just note everybody looking at you thinking, is this guy going to die right here? So skinny. At that point, you began to see the bones. I remember looking in the mirror that night before uh, I was rushed to the emergency room. My back bones on my spine, just abs totally showing, sunken cheeks. My arms were pipe cleaners, so skinny. Kelly comes back to me. I'm laying there with my eyes closed. She said, the wheelchair's here, so they pick me up again. I'm a rag doll. They're basically doing whatever they want. I had very little strength to sit up, let alone actually get up, put me in the wheelchair. At that moment, I start feeling hope because I realize, okay, doctor looks at me now. He's going to see that I need fluids immediately. So we go back. I'm being very cautious now because I'm thinking the hospital looks clean, neat. Everybody seems professional and competent, but I was raised by a nurse. My mom was a nurse for a good 35 years. So I learned all about needles and cleanliness and all this stuff that maybe people that weren't raised in nurses or doctors home, you might miss it. So I'm watching even in that weakened state and I'm seeing, you know, when you use needles, boom, throw them out. <clears throat> the doctor comes right in after a few nurses had looked me over for about two to three minutes. So him walking in right away gave me a little jolt of confidence. 
he took my pulse. Remember him explicitly. I remember this, him saying to the nurse, his pulse is feeble. When he used that word, I said, uh-huh, that I could feel it. But when the doctor says it, it, it was a feeble post. So he said, buddy, I'm going to fix you up. Let's get fluids into him right away. So they brought out a bag. The only thing I could liken it to, guys, when they gave me the fluids, when the, stuck in the IV, I mean, I felt a little prick, a little bit of pain. <clears throat> but the split second that that potassium solution, potassium, sodium, whatever's in, I know potassium is probably a strong element, dominant element hit my bloodstream, I can only liken it to what it must feel like, never done it, on some level, the initial high of when someone does coke or maybe mainlining heroin, a hardcore drug that could kill you, maybe smoking crack, I don't know, just the instant high of I'm alive. That was the starting point. I was still going to suffer from there. I still had some difficulties, but that was the turning point. <clears throat> that split second, I knew I wasn't going to die from dehydration, from depletion. And I started to feel better. I needed the fluids. I needed the electrolytes. So that's when the process started to move in another direction. After the first bag slowly but surely drained into me, life was back. But I still had no idea what in the hell was wrong with me. Had no clue. I knew it was something nasty down there. So I still had that anxiety and I still felt incredibly weak. I mean, this was, I was given a new lease on life, but I'm sitting there and they said, okay, we're going to bring you upstairs, run some tests. You know, they did some blood work. And after about an hour or two, I go upstairs, get this huge room. I was stunned. It was like the president's suite, massive room, which was kind of cool. Kelly's up there. You know, she was in the emergency room as well. Just being there the whole time, caring for me. She was a caretaker, guys. I was a ragdoll. I was useless. My body had failed me. So, dude we rented from. I was calling him, I was just so out of it the whole time, I was calling him a different name. His name was Santos, <clears throat> just an incredibly kind, generous, gentle man. And the whole time I was so out of it and so deluded, I was calling him Costa. I have no idea. I was just calling him Costa. It was just, my mind was in such a different place. Just through this intense physical suffering, that I just started calling him that. But he goes down. And over the next couple of days I was there, he buys me just untold amounts of fresh fruit just to start hydrating and energizing myself. You know, it's the best thing for me. Gave me some hospital food. I couldn't even have a baby teaspoon. <clears throat> a little spoon for tea or coffee. You know what I'm talking about, right? I just couldn't, I could barely take in anything. They were giving me fluids. I was taking a little tiny bite of fruit at a time. And then I remember with the pain that my body had been in, <clears throat> being 
being bed bound and the vomiting that was just so violent and vile and just visceral that they gave me painkillers. Now they did warn me, but as some of you may know, when you are taking painkillers, the injectable version, you vomit immediately. Sure enough, wave of nausea, I run right to the toilet. I'm just thinking, oh no, here we go again. I just didn't want to have to experience that. But it was okay, barely anything came out because I'd barely eaten anything. So progressively, I'm just getting a tiny bit better one hour at a time, but only a little bit. <clears throat> they gave me a broad spectrum to try to kill whatever little nasties were in my system, parasite. And I did feel a little bit better, but wasn't quite there. That's for sure. So we go back, take the tuk-tuk back. My confidence is up a little bit. I was just incredibly weak. I couldn't walk more than five to 10 feet without having to take a break. So I just, Kelly's basically pulling me back inside the house. We had to leave the next day. We had booked a beautiful little apartment in Covalham Beach. So I'm thinking, oh, great. Not entirely over the nausea yet, but it was pretty low. A little bit of nausea. And then I also had the run still. The absolute liquid craps. It was just liquid diarrhea. An instant. You had to hit. I had to be. I'm thinking, oh my gosh, what's going to happen? And thank goodness during the bus ride, because there's another decent bus ride, not too long, <clears throat> from Mahama up to Kovalam or Trivendrum. Uh, I know I'm mispronouncing it, my Indian reader. Sorry, guys. So. We make it, but I know something's still off. I'm not totally out of the woods because I had the intense, bulbous, just basketball, pregnant stomach feeling. And I'm just like, this is still rock hard. And I still have the sour stomach and I'm taking a bite of food at a time. And I remember arriving in Kovalam, I had a little bit of soda, which settled my stomach, a little Pepsi. And I... Walked with Kelly. I don't know how I did it. It was actually a decent distance. I just had to keep stop, stop to take breaks, stop to take breaks, stop to take breaks. Every like two to five minutes, she wanted to like strangle me, I'm sure. But we found this place in the jungle, beautiful place. I had a bite of God knows, I don't even remember. And that was all I could take in. I felt sick after that. I was full. My stomach was sour. I knew I needed the nutrients and I knew something was in there. So when we're there, who do I meet but our friends Steve and Alita, who we'd befriended in Chiang Mai, our American world traveling buddies. We had met them in Chiang Mai a number of, uh, probably like a year earlier than I think about it, because this was back in 2013. And they happened to be in Kovalam of all places, the same town, which was awesome. So she hung out with them once or twice and I just stayed back home because I was so weak. And Kelly would bring back fruits, a little bit of food, but I just was bedbound past that first night's walk. I was able to get there, God knows how. But I'm like, listen, I'm still sick, something's off. Now, two things that showed were really aligned happened. Number one, Steve said right off the bat, the month prior in Kathmandu, very clear thinking, methodical, analytical guy. He's like, he character too. He has yarda. Sounds like Jardy to me. My burps smelt like rotten eggs, the distended abdomen, 
everything sour stomach. He's like, I really think he has that. That's one thing. So he was gave his little diagnosis. The dude we rented from, the gentleman, was a doctor. So we let him know my sickness. I mean, prior, you know, I just said I was getting over being sick. And then we told him about our friend Steve's experience. And I told him this is exactly what it was because they only gave me broad spectrum at the hospital. So it hadn't killed the giardia. So the doctor comes to the house. We send him a text. Could you please stop by? Told him. We said, we understand it's not ethical, but would it be possible to get antibiotics? I mean, I'm so close to doing, you know, I just know this is it. <clears throat> when I'm describing the actual symptoms, he said, it's, it's definitely not ethical, but he said, I will do it for you. He gave me uh, specific antibiotics for treating Jardia, for killing Jardia, and whatever else he gave me. I think it was, doesn't matter. He said, you have to understand, these are 20 times as powerful as the antibiotics you would take in America. We said, we're in a different part of the world. So I said, I'll take it. He said, it will kill it. He said, it's guaranteed it will be gone. But the intensity of the sickness, when you, this stuff's working, it's magic, it will level you. He wasn't kidding because Kelly goes and buys it for a buck or two at the pharmacy, comes back. I take it. I try to get, he's like, try to get some food in your system. I was just so sick. I think I had like a two bites of toast. And that night, the hallucinations I experience, the intensity of the nausea and the convulsing that I had to endure fighting the urge to completely vomit the antibiotics, the medicine. I just could not explain how intense it was. It almost felt worse than when I really believed I was going to die. It was just a good six to eight hours in a dark bathroom trying to hold down the puke, shaking, chills, heat, sweat, the sweet sickness coming off my body, diarrhea. It was six to eight hours of hallucinogenic hell because, again, just visions, hallucinations. I'm here. I'm there. I'm in different dimensions. It was so intense. Finally, I crawled on my hands and knees took me about 10 minutes and it was only about 15 feet. I crawled on my hands and knees. I was so weak from the toilet to the bed after the nauseous feeling passed. And as I crawled into bed, I had that clear feeling I was through it and it was over. And it would still take a while, but when I woke up that following morning, there's a few moments in your life where you feel the elation, the bliss, the happiness, the pure joy and peace of mind of knowing everything's okay. And that was a moment. The lights shone through. I heard the birds and I'm like, I'm beginning to feel better. It's dead. And it was, it was Giardia. The antibiotics took six to eight hours, one of the most intense periods of my life. But I slowly started to recover. I began to walk for 20, 30 feet at a time. Then I'd be out of breath. Sometimes I'd start crying. I'm not used to that guy, you know. Now I could run 12 to 15 miles. But I eventually, within the next few days, met up with Steve and Alita. We went to the lovely Swiss Cafe. I don't know if it's still there in Kovalem. Beautiful place. I remember ordering a roti and taking 
one forkful the one day, and that was it. I was too full. Then the next day, two. Two rotis. I'm talking forks, not entire rotis. And then the day after that, I took a bite from a hamburger. Actually, you can get them in Kovalam, in Kerala, communist state. I don't know if it still is. <clears throat> Heavy Muslim influence in some areas. So that was cool. I like that. That worked for me. And it was just a bite and then two bites and then three bites. And this is the type of acclimation my stomach needed to taking in food again. But I just slowly got better and better and better and better. And it was over. Eventually, we make our way to Chennai two weeks after uh, we spent two weeks in Kovalam. And it was still a little while. I remember getting a, a throat sore there, mouth sores, sore throat. I remember the one night crying, just saying, I want all this to be over. Because <laughs> it wasn't near, it was nothing like the Jardia, almost dying, and the dehydration and just depletion. But <clears throat> I was so frustrated. That passed. Flew back home, landed in JFK, took the train back to Jersey, and I had some stories to tell. I love India, guys. Amazing place. I have so many awesome readers there. I love you guys. That was an intense experience. It definitely had me questioning going back to India, but I learned very quickly, obviously, when you think you're almost going to die or you're on your way, you may have a couple uh, negative uh thoughts about a place. But of course, I realized that could happen anywhere in the world. And I'm definitely excited to go back. There you have it, guys. Like I said, maybe I'll do a couple more of these. I'll see if you guys really like them. More importantly, if I have fun doing them, they'll be longer form. And I've had some crazy ones. This is the craziest one I've had. But maybe I'll go down my 27 Netflix travel worthy, uh, travel worthy Netflix experiences where you can make it into a Netflix series. This was an intense one, guys. Make sure you stop by bloggingforparadise.com. Click on the courses tab. You can buy some courses. You could buy some ebooks and buy some audiobooks. Enjoy and share them with your friends. Until next time, enjoy paradise all.